0: Ambar Garcia and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday,
3: May 31st, 2023, season 19, episode number nine. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Nick and Brian here with me. Amber should be joining us here momentarily. Today we continue our 2023 23 offseason review. Uh, we will hit the positions of wide receiver, tight end. Might even have a little bit of kicker talk in there. Uh, before next week we wrap up our off-season shows uh, with some with a look at the secondary and uh, defensive line uh, next week uh, as we get ready for a little bit of rec- rest and relaxation uh, before we head to training camp in late July. All right, how you guys doing today? Good. Excellent. Ready to roll? Yes, sir. All right, let's go. Let's talk first. Before we get into our season review, I do want to talk about a topic that popped up this last week. One DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver that was with the Arizona Cardinals and is now a free agent.
4: Wow, oh, that's and, the key uh, word. He's a free agent. He is now, now a free agent. He so, now a free Brian, agent. Brian, officially, yes. you can mention his name. <laughs> you right. can
3: talk about him as much as you like. There you go. What do you see from DeAndre Hopkins as far as where he is right now as a player Versus what he was when he was uh, in Houston, let's say, for example.
4: Yeah, I, you know, the thing with DeAndre Hopkins is if you talk to guys and gals around the league that study these players, they feel like that DeAndre Hopkins has lost a step or two. But where he is tremendous is his ability to make the contested catches. As he's lost speed and uh, quickness, his ability to still make those adjusting, uh, you know, contested catches is still at a, as a, at a very high point. So what you have with DeAndre Hopkins is a very reliable receiver. One that uh, the high targets mean high receptions. He's going to find ways to use his body, position himself, run routes, enable himself to get open, present himself as a good target. So to you know to the the teams that are looking at him right now, you know everybody's trying to kind of guess where he might end up. Buffalo talks about it, Kansas City talks about it. You know, there's all kinds, you could get odds on all kinds of, of teams. I've seen the Cowboys mentioned as part of one of those teams, but man, the guy still plays at a very very high level though, but the, but people are saying though that watch the tape on him, the speed is is really starting to lack from him.
5: Nick, would you uh would you think he'd be a fit here in Dallas right now? Yeah. No. I don't. Not not for everything involved. Not I mean, good player, Sure, this team needs good players, especially on offense. They need playmakers. We saw that's how their season ended, but I don't think so. When it comes to what the money, if, if people think that he can still play, he definitely thinks he can still play. And When you think you can still play, you get the money. And Odell Beckham's contract showed him and the rest of the league of what that type of guy can still get. And if that's the what case, is that? you, what, well, it was that? Wasn't it $15 million a year or something yeah, like that. Yeah, for one year, $15 uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, so if that's kind of the standard, and, and I think that's fair. I mean, that for, for Hopkins, if I'm looking at Beckham, I'm not coming off the same injury that he is. So I'm thinking, yeah, that, that would probably be, Let's we'll start there. And so I just don't think from that standpoint, and then also where it fits. I mean, this is probably, I think they have a top five receiver in the league. The Cowboys do. That's what the stats show. That's what All-Pro, Second Team All-Pro. So CD, second second receiver. If it's Cooks, it's pretty accomplished for a second receiver. If Gallup is your third, that's pretty accomplished. I don't. I, I knew I should have looked this stat up this summer, but I still want to. I don't know how many teams in the league have three one thousand yard receivers on their team. Hmm. So that being said, this is a good team. I mean, this is a good receiving core right now. That's why I'm not worried about. A lot of people are worried about four or five or six. That'll work itself out. So all that being said, sorry to be long-winded, I don't think Hopkins fits from where the Cowboys are right this minute.
4: If I could circle back, I I did have somebody in the league tell me this, and I I think it kind of paints the picture of really what Hopkins is. I remember that I had this, and I talked about this on 105.3 The Fan. So if you're one of those folks that listen to this show and listen to them, we really do appreciate you for that. Uh, But this this gentleman said, depends on what he's asking for. Mm Uh, who's willing to pay it? Odell Beckham, uh, we were talked about here, set the marker for wide receivers and didn't play last year. Hopkins is probably wants to be paid regardless, and this guy said, I don't foresee much wiggle room from whatever he perceives his value to be. So that's what you're dealing with right now. If Hopkins has a – and there were rumors that we talked about on the radio side of things that I do of when Hopkins was here working out in the DAC yard and doing things like that, that maybe if he got the opportunity, if the Cowboys in fact had made the trade, that he would be willing to do something with his contract, much like with what Cooks and others have done since they've come to the Cowboys. So me personally, me personally – I would have made the trade before you did the Brandon Cooks. I see what they did. They wanted Brandon Cooks. They wanted Brandon Cooks at the trade deadline last year. They feel like that Brandon Cooks is a, a better player. I think for your quarterback uh, that, you know, adding Cooks is outstanding I think adding Hopkins would have been outstanding, too. So I think they kind of win either way. Again, it comes down to what they what their money situation is. They got a better deal on Cooks than maybe what they were going to get from Hopkins.
5: Yeah, and Hopkins, obviously, you know, I'm not trying to be naive to the situation. I mean, he's a more accomplished receiver than any of those three that the Cowboys have right now. But, you know, you have to structure your team in a way where I just don't think this is the, the issue. They're at OTAs this week, minicamp next week. I see Cooks. I see CD Lamb. I see Michael Gallup with Dak, and I think that's really important. And so you're right about Hopkins versus Cooks, but the fact is, right now Cooks is out here working and they're establishing something. So, you know, there's just probably a better fit with more money for Hopkins than I think right here. I I would think for
3: yeah, there are probably teams that are willing to pay him like a number one receiver. I would guess. Yeah. I would guess there are a few. I mean, that, the, the, My suspicion is the reason why he's no longer in Arizona is because they weren't willing to pay $30 million, and that's the, the reported amount yeah. that he was going to be due this year. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, there may be a team out there that's willing to pay 17 or 18 yeah. right? And so it still would be more than you would think the Cowboys would be willing to pay, and certainly more than they're
4: probably willing to pay when they know they got CD coming up here that they have to do a new deal on. I think we're to the point now, too, where we're going to start to see money come back from June 1... Mm-hmm reductions or yep. teams that have moved on from and you know in the cowboys case we were talking about it last week on our show here about that money tends to if you ask the guys here in the building hey 17 million dollars cap space they look at you and they say no no that money is already earmarked for other projects that yep. we have to do and they've got guys they have to sign yep. they've got some guys coming up that they could surely use that money i for. think
5: if you're a cowboy fan and you know it's not going to happen here then you, you know you, you cheer for the bills even though the cowboys got to play the bills or the Chiefs, yeah, you know, because Cleveland's a team you have to yeah, worry about too. Yeah, go ahead. But in the <laughs> NFC, the team that that makes the, the most sense if they've got the money, I don't know what their money looks like, is the Giants. Oh gosh, I know. <laughs> I wouldn't want to see that. But the Giants, you know, and, and the thing about Hopkins and and Daniel Jones is a is a good quarterback. Okay, he's not great. He's just a good quarterback, but.
4: They got a lot out of him that I didn't True. think they were yeah. going to get. But yeah, that, I mean, that was coaching right there.
5: But yeah. if you play fantasy football and you've had Hopkins on your team, you know this – it doesn't matter who his quarterback is. Yeah. He he's he produces. He's high volume. That's the key. He's high, volume. Definitely. He is high yeah. volume. So it doesn't really matter who he's yeah. playing with and, and all that.
3: And he's a bad ball catcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for that, a quarterback that yes, isn't yes. the most accurate, yes. yeah. he makes them look really, really good because he'll catch the ball. You put it in his radius and he's got a long radius. You put it in his radius, he's gonna catch it. I as we I as fear God. As we speak today... You remember that
5: clip? Sorry, you remember that clip of him and D'Angelo Hall getting into a fight? Oh, yeah, I do remember that. And and Hall wanted to fight him, and he just kept saying, I fear God. I fear God. Like, I don't fear anybody else but you. And then, like, five minutes later, he, like, gives him a double move and...
4: Uh, Wasn't that the end of D'Angelo's Deon- career much. as we know it? Yeah, became <laughs> a broadcaster after that. Yeah, uh, as we speak today, and uh, this is just this is from overthecap.com. dot This yeah. is who I I'll use. They're right good. Yeah. They're good. Uh, three point eight million dollars with the Giants mm. on their. So team. don't have a lot of money on their cap space right now. Yeah. so that's where they're at. The Giants are at three 8. But a team like the Giants, I,
3: if I'm them, I, I would if if you're really wanting to do it, you'd probably get rid of a couple guys in order to be able to pick up a guy like him. Because he would be that 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 person on their offense outside of the running back that could draw a lot of attention, which I don't think they necessarily have right
4: they now. They don't have a uh I, I if I'm reading this right, I think I am. Uh Wandell Robertson, who I believe is in his second year, is their highest priced receiver yeah. on that on that team. So to to your everybody's point here. The Giants could absolutely use some skill, and then and you mentioned the bad ball catcher. I mean that that that's the one thing that I was thinking about. If you're adding for for Dak, and and you know, again, it's people say, oh, you're saying Dak's a bad ball thrower. No, I'm just saying though, if things are off target, whether it's Dak or Cooper Rush or whoever's throwing him the ball, he he is, has this ability to go get it, mm-hmm. and his catch radius is quite large for the position. Yep. All right, we're going to take our first break. We're going to come back.
3: We're going to dive a little deeper into the wide receiver position. Nick already told us that he thinks CeeDee Lamb's a top five receiver. I'm going to ask that question to Brian as well. Where does he rate relative to other NFL wide receivers? And then we'll talk a little bit more about the depth at that position. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com Radio.
2: It's not complicated.
0: 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for
5: details.
1: Hey, honey, can we talk?
5: Of course. What's up?
1: Well, I just thought you should know I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream.
5: (gasps) Have you felt this way a long time?
1: No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor.
5: If you feel that way. I think you should try it, babe.
1: It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing too.
0: <laughs> new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream, the new flavor you deserve. Want to use the Cowboys' locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping.
4: If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero, Yo, chiaro, yo chiaro, guacamole.
2: Back
5: to the break. Head to Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium for the Dallas Cowboys Tacos and Tunes Festival presented by Miller Light, rescheduled to Saturday, June 3rd from 3 to 8 p.m. Enjoy a variety of tacos and food truck options while you sip on cold drinks and listen to live music. Admission and parking for the Dallas Cowboys Tacos and Tunes Festival is free. Visit at and slash Tackles and Tunes for more. See you there. Welcome back. It is the second
3: segment of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment presented to you by Blockchain.com. All right. We're talking about the 2023 offseason, uh, heading into the 2023 season. And we're trying to figure out if the Cowboys are better or worse the same. Uh, weaknesses, strengths of each position. We're going to talk about wide receiver now. Uh, C.D. Lamb. We uh, Nick, you mentioned him in the last segment, saying he was a five. Uh, in your opinion, a top five wide receiver. I think you saw some stats there during the break.
5: I kind of loosely said it, and thinking that sounds about sounds right. All right. Well, yeah. When you're a second team All-Pro, you know, I would think that's about where you are. You yeah. know, um, but we looked up the stats. I was like, let me just see about this. And his receptions, he's sixth, yep. among receivers. In in um, yards, he's fourth, mm-hmm. and in touchdowns, he's fifth. So yeah. that he's looks like a top, top five, five receiver. receiver to me.
3: <laughs> top five receiver, Brian. Where, where do you think he ranks, like in the pantheon of NFL receivers yeah. right now? Where is he?
4: Yeah, where where you when you look at him overall, his ability to get open, I think, is at a very very high level. His ability to make the catch is somewhere probably in the in the top five six seven area. I think that's the you know that's the one yards after the catch is another one that you kind of look at. And you see that he he he'll make the plays down the field. Not much after the catch uh, when you when you talk. We saw that he won the New England game with a catch that mm-hmm. was after run after catch. But most of his stuff has been down the field, making the play, you know, securing the ball, taking the hit, and getting down. But his ability to get open stuff like he he he's in that range of either five to eight when it comes to starting to compare him. With the metrics that teams use to evaluate
5: receivers, you know the, the the top. You say eight guys. Really, when you look at the six, seven, eight guys, you're talking about number two receivers on their own team. Waddle, yeah, and uh, Devonte Smith, which those are both really good receivers. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's really six guys: Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams, AJ Brown, Stephon Diggs, CD Lamb. Wherever you that's want, your top. that's your top six in receiving yards. That's your top six, really, for the most part in catches. So it's kind of what type of player you like. You know, watching that Texas OU game, the one that CD Lamb just went crazy for three touchdowns. I really thought and there was a Kansas State game too. I thought that CD would have a little more run after catch. Yeah. yeah. But but that hasn't really been his game, but I mean, he took last year was just he took that next leap and we didn't know if he was going to take it. You know, that was the big question going in and he did. And so I think with that they're better. Yeah.
4: I kind of, when you when you start to talk about, is like a guy like Chris Olave in that group of eight? Yeah, I know Chris Olave is like a young guy in, 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 in a lot of people's minds and stuff like that. He's
5: not from the stats, um, but, but let me throw, because I'm finding him at 18th, and then I saw somewhere here at 17, like, yeah. a guy that only played 12 games. He's got to be mentioned in this group too, Jamar Chase. Yeah. yeah. Ja'mar Chase is yeah. definitely in the exactly. he, wasn't he missed, there? Some, exactly. yeah. he missed okay. some games. Yeah. He only played some. See, that's games. to He'll me guys, up there. Yeah. yeah, that's
4: to me why I kind of look at eight.
6: Yeah, I kind there of there's there's yeah. some yeah. guys.
4: I mean, I'm a big I'm a big T Higgins fan, yeah, from Cincinnati. And then, you know, and I and I and you could even I hate to throw this in there, but you could even the guy that doesn't get mentioned enough and because he plays in Seattle is Tyler Lockett. You know, the guy that makes a lot of big plays and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like I've got this m- group of guys in my mind. Yeah. But it but if you do you look at all the metrics that people CD is 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 in that group with with those uh, say
5: eight guys.
3: Nick, you were talking in the break. I thought it was interesting you were making a point of when Heath yeah. in your mind solidified himself as a number one. Take us to that yeah. moment.
5: Whenever you allow us to do the Deep Blue documentary on CD, which will probably be after he's gone. After he's
3: tired We'll
5: wait. But we'll see. But um, I, thought, I thought the moment, and every player kind of has that moment like that. But for, for me, his moment was against the Giants last year, week three, up in the Meadowlands. I think it was week three. Um, Cooper Rush was playing. And, and at that point, he hadn't really shown, hey— I got to be the number one. I'm the number one receiver because first game, Tampa, nobody stepped up. Second game, it was really Noah Brown against Cincinnati that did it. Yeah. So in this third game, Cooper, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Cooper Rush, he throws that deep ball to CeeDee Lamb, streaking down the field. Here's your moment, and he drops it. And it's like everyone's looking around, like, see, see he can't do it. Yeah. And from that moment, something clicked with him. He took over the game, like Brian said. He made a couple of plays where you could tell he was just pissed off. He was just running over people. That's not even his game. Makes a great touchdown catch. From that moment, then he goes and has 107 catches for the season. I thought it was that moment on Monday Night Football that he said, "You know what? I'm the dude, and I'm going to show everyone right here." And, yeah. and I thought, you know, that that was kind of his coming out party for for that season.
4: Yeah, no, I you're absolutely right. He took over that that quarter there and that, and then all of a sudden the, the Giants had no answer for him there. And that and that really was the difference in that football game. His ability to make those plays, but he he's in that group. We talk about the Adams, Cooper Cups. I mean, he's in that that that, oh, that Cooper Cups. See, yeah, Cooper, looks, the injury see, last I year, we forgot yeah. that's, about that what Cubs, yeah, yeah. There, there's yeah. some guys like Cup, Chase, others. I mean, yeah. it's a very very and that's the one thing that the NFL draft say the last maybe not. We'll see this year with the NFL draft with the receivers, but there have been some elite wide receivers put into the league the last, say, three years mm-hmm. pre-this draft. I mean, we'll see what happens with Addison and those guys. But, man, you know, th- there's still a very, very high level there when Adams and Cup and now you A.J. Brown, Brown we didn't mention. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, I think oh, he's, he's on that list. He's Brown's on that five. list, okay. yeah. Right. So there there are that. He, but he he the group he's in, it doesn't take long to call the role. It really, really doesn't.
3: No. <laughs> All right. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about the wide receiver position from a little bit of a deeper standpoint. What do you think they were most missing last year that Brandon that Brandon what's wrong that Brandon Cooks can provide
5: for them this year at the wide receiver position? I mean, you're gonna say it. I mean, you can say I'm Mark Cooper. That's what they missed. They missed the guy that could make plays but, that they. That's were, what I'm saying.
3: Like, what did he provide that you think maybe Brandon Cooks? Can provide
5: a veteran leadership, route runner guy that can go out there and, and produce, uh, hopefully at home and on the road. And uh, if he can do that, then were they getting that move? Right, right. No, I just think just just another guy that you have to kind of account for. And and you know, I remember when they played the Patriots, Belichick made it clear that 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 was the guy they had to stop mm-hmm. there with with, uh, with. And of course, they paid for it because he scored the touchdown. But just veteran leadership at receiver.
6: What's crazy is that. Now that and hi hi guys, <laughs> I'm just kind of <laughs> appear here. Um, now that that some time has passed by, it's crazy to go back and think to think what we thought of Amari Cooper at the time when he was currently with the team, and just the questions that were around him. I mean, regardless of what he was doing for the team, there were those questions where he wasn't consistent. You know, we went out on the road and he wasn't performing. And was his willingness, or like, was he all in with football and wanting to give it all his all? Um, and then all of a sudden, he's off the team. And we saw last year how much it was missed having that type of presence that to me at the time, I and I valued Amari Cooper, but I didn't really see how valuable he truly was to the Cowboys and what he was bringing on the offense as a whole and what he was being able to create for other guys as well. And I know you guys were talking about CeeDee Lamb earlier, and he did take that step up. Uh, we'll see if he. I do believe he can carry it this year and keep performing at that level. But can the other guys kind of step up as well and create just more opportunities? On no, the
4: field? that's an excellent point because what happened is you got C.D. Lamb going into that top eight level that we were just talking about, and the problem was that when you look at Michael Gallup, he was Noah Brown. Mm. That's really what he was. Instead of instead of Michael Gallup also elevating his game if you statistically look at him, targets and receptions are almost the same. Yards, almost the same. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't need Gallup going backwards. And that's what you hope that when you when you add new blood to the room, and, and you hope that Gallup goes up, but you had one receiver that went to that level, and then one that was we thought might be at that level sunk to a much lower level. Mm-hmm. And now it made him have to think, wait a minute, we talked about Cooks at the trade deadline last year. Can we take a chance on Gallup and then also Tolbert not elevating their game? We go, We can't go through that again. you know. And now with no Noah Brown, I mean, give Noah Brown a credit. Noah Brown played his role. Nick's right. He won the Cincinnati game mm-hmm. for you the way he played. But that's Noah Brown. You're comparing, if you statistically look at the numbers – Michael Gallup and Noah Brown are the same guy. You, you can't have that if you're going to be a team that has bigger aspirations yeah. on offense. And with the money paid to, yeah, to Michael Gallup, exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah.
6: Um, I was going to ask you guys, uh, I know it, it was a while, but Michael Gallup, he talked to the media not too long ago, and... You know, he was saying all the right things, basically saying he he's feeling a lot better last compared to last year, especially, where he was in pain basically the whole season and dealing with that and the mental aspect of it. And he says he's good and, and working there, but there was one specific quote that made me feel kind of hesitant at the end, and this is one of the articles that was put out on DallasCowboys.com. One of his last quotes was, I'm very confident I'll feel like that guy again. And that kind of made me raise an eyebrow, like, doing the future tense, like, I'll feel rather than I'm feeling like that, and we're getting close to training camp. So that made me very concerned as to where is he really going to be at level-wise. and I mean, according to his health and mentally, as far as, like, what he his body is allowing him to do back on the field. I don't know what y'all's concerns are Yeah, him. Yeah, I, I
4: kind of feel like, not kind of, this is an important year for him because contractually if he has another poor year, we're going to be talking about this next year about, okay, how do you replace this guy and this guy? And he very well could be in that conversation when you start to talk about what the allocation for money is to a wide receiver position that's not getting the production that they're that they are trying to get from him. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe his confidence level it doesn't want to oversell it. Maybe he doesn't want you to, you know, maybe he doesn't want, oh, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, and then he's not great. Maybe his expectations are, let me just kind of keep it tempered here, and then as we elevate this thing – then it will be like I, I told you. It was going to. It was going to take a little time here. I think he's kind of keeping us down here, and then you know, and we'll see what the what his what the actual playing uh, turns into.
5: And I think players also know that how they feel now and how they feel yeah. in the season are a little different. So I think he's he's probably weighing it like that. Like when that season comes. You know, when the grind is here in training camp and the season, I'll feel like I'm supposed to feel, you know, um, because everybody that's feeling good now, they they take it with a grain of salt. So maybe that's kind of what he meant. If he wasn't at 100%, if that's kind of what you're asking, if he wasn't at 100%, I think right here in these voluntary OTAs, I don't think he'd be going as hard as he he has been. And I think they would kind of hold him back. I think it was more about, when the season, when the when the real when the lights come on, yeah. I feel like I'll be there. I th- I think. That's yeah,
3: I kind of took the same thing. I didn't really take it as I didn't read it as literally as you did. I thought it was more of him just pointing to the season. Like by the time I get to the season, I'll be there when it matters. Not so, not so much a, a matter of saying I'm not there now as much as just saying I know that this year my
5: expectation is this season you're going to see a different player. Which, which is, is what the fans want to hear because right. if you say I'm I'm killing it right now. See, cool. that's
4: that's, cool. The,
6: that's well, the thing. I've yeah. heard that with Tyron Smith. I've right. Heard, right. heard that with Liam right. Van yeah. no, and these, these are all words. These oh, are all
3: words, and yeah. these are all hopes until we see no. them actually play out on the field. Yeah. I just think that what he was pointing to is, I think this year I'm going to be back to where I was. And, and, I and hopefully that liked, is the case. Yeah. Uh,
6: well, good. I feel good about y'all's interpretation of that. <laughs> but I actually liked everything that he said when he spoke because it felt very real and open and just someone that was being pretty transparent as to where he's at and where he was that you I mean we sit here and watch him play and criticize all we want but we don't truly ever really know what the player is going through so it just put things into perspective but again it makes you wonder okay obviously they must feel some type of confidence with him by giving him that contract but at the same time is he is he truly going to be ready?
4: Yeah, that's the difficulty of our job. You know, we sit here and evaluate how they play, but you're right. You don't know what they're going through in meetings. You don't know what they're going through off the field. You don't know all that. that's that is the unfortunate part of our job. You know, we were all you know we we've we've seen Britt Brown and players come off that field after injuries, and then play at a high level. We've seen that before. So you automatically, in your mind, you're going, he'll be back. He'll be ready to go. And then he, and then it doesn't happen, and then we're critical about it, you're kind of like, okay, did we miss something here? But, yeah, I, I think we're at a huge disadvantage when it comes to, is there something else other than football? that's bothering these players. That we don't know, and that could affect the way they play and the way we evaluate them, fair or unfair.
3: Another guy that, that was disappointed in his season last year by his own admission is Jalen Tolbert. Uh, how confident are you guys that the Cowboys got the, the pick right and he just needs more time to develop?
4: I know I did, and I, I know I'm the guy on this panel that that looks at this stuff, especially with the draft and the draft show and all the things we do. I thought it was an excellent pick at the time. I, When I saw this kid play at South Alabama, I saw a guy with a chip on his shoulder. I saw a guy that played at a very high level when it came to how he competed for the ball, how he went and got it, how he finished routes, how he was able to run after catch the catch radius all all those things check the boxes the cowboys thought about him in the second round they they saw basically the same thing i think personally it was a huge disappointment because we've seen receivers come into the league especially young receivers in this day and age and be ready to play from the jump He was not ready to play. The fact that he was missing OTAs, mini-camp practices, he was over there with Washington. They were over there with Britt Brown rehabbing feet and ankles and whatever else they were dealing with. You know, he that, that point in time when he didn't get that initial field work, I think it affected him. The minute they started throwing him into the deep end of the pool, he wasn't able to swim. And I think now through everything that he's seen and the expectations that have been put on him, he now realizes what's ahead of him. And this is a really important year for him
5: as well. Yeah, I mean, he's done it before. I've said this many times on here. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'm repeating myself, but he had five catches his freshman year at South Alabama. He he had some kind of struggle there. On that level, that competition, the learning curve wasn't there for him. The next year, he had 55. The next year, he had 80. So he figured it out there on, okay, what am I doing, and how do I get comfortable enough to start making plays? Big le- big jump, obviously, from South Alabama to the Cowboys, but it's happened before where if it matters to you, you'll do the necessary things to, to get there, and he says the right things. He said it all off season. Now it's time to perform. So we'll see. I think the jury's still out. Third-round pick. You know, he, he should have played more, figure out where to line up, all that kind of stuff. But I think I think, you know, he we've seen Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown do it. They go to the deck yard and they they just get comfortable with Dak and they get better players. If he can kind of get to the, the Cedric Wilson level, I think that would be that would be fine.
6: Well that's the thing that I think you begin to appreciate and root for someone that is admitting things, is recognizing things, is saying What everyone thinks, you know, so I appreciate that from him and I am rooting for him and I do think he's going to be a lot better as opposed to and it's hard not to give your support when you meet someone and you hear those words and, and you connect with the player as opposed to someone like that's telling you to watch the tape. Yeah, like Jalen Smith but um, you know he's not that type of player and you're willing to give him another year let's see what you can do because you see him putting in the work he's willing to do it and he's putting all that effort and he's maturing that's another thing the maturity of it where as, as opposed to last year he may not have felt very comfortable confident in that kind of room with these guys that he sees as stars and now he's I uh, how do you say that? Acc- Acclimating. Acclimated. I was going to say it in Spanish. Acclimatado. But yes, uh, I think I think I truly believe that he'll be better this year. Well,
4: the organization thought enough of him; they didn't pick a wide receiver in a draft until right. the seventh round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the receiver they picked was really a special teams guy too. Guy that's a uh, you know that does a, a lot of work on those special teams. So he, they believe enough in him that they were not willing to put a second, third, fourth round pick on a wide receiver in a draft that was pretty deep in the middle of the draft. They said, nah, we've got Tolbert, he's our guy. Let's see how this plays out.
3: Yep. All right, we'll take our final break. We'll come back. We'll jump into a conversation on the tight ends. We'll ask the question, are any of these guys willing able to step into the role that maybe you lost with Dalton Schultz will when we come back, Dallas Cowboys.com radio.
0: 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details.
2: Want to use the Cowboys
0: Locker Room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys Locker Room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, ten Bucks, free shipping.
4: SeatGeek has your back no matter what kind of fan you are. So whether you're a diehard fan or a don't-really-care fan, a we got them next time fan or we'll-never-win-again fan, a here-for-the-tailgate fan or a first-one-through-the-gates fan, SeatGeek not only makes buying and selling tickets easier than ever
2: before, they made just about everything else easier, too so whether you're a here every week fan or haven't been here in years fan SeatGeek has you covered download the SeatGeek app today
5: SeatGeek, you're taking the great seats
1: Hey honey, can we talk?
5: Of course, what's up?
1: Well, I just thought you should know I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream
6: (gasps) Have you felt this way a long time?
1: No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor
5: If you feel that way I think you should try it, babe.
1: It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too.
0: (laughs) New Dr. Pepper Strawberries
5: and Cream. The new flavor you deserve.
0: Back to the break.
5: Welcome to summer with an all-time fan-favorite collection. The New Era Training Camp hats have just arrived in stores and online. Visit your nearest pro shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com, a fanatic's experience, to grab yours.
3: Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the start. segment presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk about the tight end position. Uh, I want to start with this question. If you were to rank the three tight ends that are the projected top three tight ends on this team— how would you rank them between Schoonmaker, Ferguson, Hendershot? How would you rank them?
4: How are we going to do it? Is it going to be – are you asking uh, the complete tight end? Who is the complete I'm tight end? I'm asking for, or, from the standpoint of, of how much you want
5: blocking, them on the field. You yeah. tell
4: me you can decide
3: that. But how much you want them on the field, how would you rank them?
5: That is a tough question because it's not it's, – sometimes it's third and two and sometimes it's third and 12. And that's a different guy. Yep. Um, and that, that I Is it? I I mean, that's a question. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is on third and twelve. I'll take Endershot. I like Endershot stretching the field for me. Yeah, um, and and kind of spread out a little bit on third and two. um, I think I'll take Schoonmaker. Yeah, I I don't know that yet, but I think so.
4: I would. The way I would rank him as far as completeness, and this is just because I've seen Schoonmaker at Michigan catch the football, and I think that's a very underrated uh, trait to his game. Schoonmaker, Hendershot, Ferguson is how I would rank it. If you told me I could have... Okay, I can only play one tight end, and if I play that tight end, he can block and he can catch. So I'm going with the guy that I know that can do both. And uh, Schoonmaker hasn't done it in the NFL. I get it. Schoonmaker did play at a very high level. Michigan football, very high level, played in playoff games, you know, national championship type of consequences for games. He's been a productive receiver, but I feel like if you would not take him off the field because he's not going to be a liability as a blocker.
6: Hmm. Damn. What I- I'm like, I'm thinking about that scenario um because that's the
4: only advantage I have over you guys right now yeah.
6: well I feel like coming out of the draft I mean uh, a lot of the criticism for schoonmaker or um, analysis type yeah. of stuff uh was about him being a catch maker like a, a, a guy that can yeah. go and catch the ball I mean one of the team's main traits were the blocking but I I, I mean I trust your opinion because you you watch all that all those tapes, mm-hmm. but to me, I'm sticking with Ferguson as my main guy first, and then I would probably try Schoonmaker and then Henderson third, and then McKean last. Yeah. Wait, how many tight ends would you keep?
4: The only I think you keep three because the, just three, right? The, the problem so, they're going to run into is: do they keep the fullback? Yeah, that's that's what I was yeah. thinking. Because yeah. if yeah. you watch, if, if you, you watch. That, yeah. The, the praise that we throw on the San Francisco 49ers mm-hmm. is because of what Kyle Juszczyk does. And Kyle Juszczyk is a, is a guy that plays fullback, he plays wing, he plays tight end, he plays he's this interchangeable piece that just wrecks your scheme on defense. Because they'll put him at tight end or wing, and now you have to account for him, and then you have to account for Debo Samuel now being in the backfield. The way that they play with a fullback, and let's see if that's what that's let's see if that's what uh, you know. What, what Mike has played with fullbacks before, so if they carry the fullback, that that means to me it's only three tight ends. That's that's the only way you carry. I mean, if you didn't have a fullback, maybe you carry
5: a fourth yeah. tight end. Well, and it, you know, rewind it back a whole year, and we're talking tight ends. I mean, Hendershot's not even mentioned. We're not even yeah. talking about mm-hmm. that, and not till we got the training camp do we see that. And and I know, and I've talked to uh, tight end coach Linda Wells, and he said, watch out for Fant. Princeton mm. Fant. Yeah. Prince Fant from Tennessee, undrafted free agent. He's a dynamic kind of playmaker type guy. So, you know, I mean, you never know how, how that all shakes out. But this is what I'd like to see at training camp. I want to see – Well, Jay- let me ask
4: you this real quick. As you mentioned him to watch, who does he replace? Yeah, if mean, they carry three tight ends.
5: Yeah. The, the, the guy, that, the guy that got hurt in, in the third practice of training camp. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, these things kind of work themselves yeah. out sometimes. If yeah. you
4: had to take away, if you, they're not going to lose Schoonmaker. If you had to take away Ferguson or Hendershot, and say that Fant was that guy, mm-hmm. and you can only carry three, the guy that what, got
5: hurt. <laughs> wouldn't know. wouldn't it matter. Uh,
4: wouldn't
3: it matter. This goes to what you were just talking about, though. Wouldn't it matter from a standpoint of? what does Fant do well? Like, is he more of a blocker? Is he more of a pass catcher? And that affects who that third guy might
4: be. I'm just playing the game of tight end coach telling me to watch a guy. Yeah. And if if this guy lives up to tight end billing – you're not going to get rid of Schoonmaker, and it's going to come down. Now, maybe it comes down to you don't carry the fullback, yeah. and you carry four guys. We've seen them do that before. They, they, you're thinking they can't carry five safeties. They carry five
5: safeties. And they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: yeah. So to me, yeah. I was just trying I, to, I was trying to pin you on who between Ferguson yeah. and Hittershot do you feel the let if if Fant does everything that Linda Wells says he can do. Which one of these tight ends do you move on from if yeah. you can only carry three?
5: Yeah. I mean, what I was going to say is I, what I want to see at training camp is for, I want to see Jake Ferguson, and I'm sure Hendershot will be with him, um, riding around in a golf cart all the time. Because if you get a golf cart at training camp, I think that's still the, the rule is because you kicked ass in the offseason. You're one of the offseason award winners. That's kind of what they do. The strength coach gives you a, your own golf cart and all that. That's what I want to see because if Ferguson can be an off-season warrior with the strength coach and all that, that's going to take him to that next level. I think as a better blocker, as a better complete tight end, because the guy's hurtling people in in the middle of the season too. Like he he can make plays. Um, he just needs a little bit more strength in his blocking. If Ferguson can kind of take that next step, he jumps into that mix too.
4: The yep. thing about it is, if you just believe in metrics. 69% of Hendershot's, he makes, like, he's right about 68, 69% catching the football. The other guy's about 84, 85. Yeah. You know, so that if, you, if you're saying, okay, because the numbers are basically the same, but if you believe in the metrics, like, well, who catches the better percentage of balls thrown right. in their direction? It would be Ferguson would be
5: that guy. Mm-hmm. Hendershot needs to work on those penalties. He had a lot of penalties for a guy that didn't take every snap. You know, when you look at, you know, percent, and I haven't looked at the, this stat, but Joseph would probably be first in as far as penalties versus your snaps. And Sam Williams is up there. And Donovan Wilson had a lot of snaps. But, I mean, and also Hendershot. Those guys right there got, you know, young players, got to work on, on the discipline a little bit. too. So
3: we'll do this before we end the show. You lost Schultz. You added Schoonmaker. Are they better, worse, or the same than they were in two thousand twenty-two? Better.
5: Uh, I'll say the same. I'll say the same. What? But just because Schultz had had some stats and he, he caught the ball well and all that, and that's what that's all he did really. I mean, he just he he made some catches and all that, and then. But I think I think they're going to be I think they could be better, but because of you know they're still young players, I would say the same. But I'm not going to say they're, they're worse. Not Why do you say it. they're better, Brian?
4: I'd say they're better because they added a more complete player. Okay. I I do believe he I believe he catches the football well enough. I think they'll find ways to get him the ball. I think he is a he is one of those point of attack blockers. You watch the teams that run the football really well in the National Football League. It's guys that do well at the point of attack. Schoonmaker is going to be that guy for this football team. He's replacing Dalton Schultz, who can catch the football, knows how to get open. But all these guys know how to get open. They know how to – can they finish the play? But can they block? Can they help the the running game? Can they be complete players? They got better by adding Schoonmaker.
6: Um, Right now, I – I feel like it's the same just because I don't know. I haven't seen Scootmaker just yet. I haven't. I don't know if it's going to take him that first year to kind of get a uh, he physically to, looks the part when you he look does, at it when you, he does yeah, but yeah. you still have some of those rookies that come in here and it still takes them a little bit to get going and it, it's gonna all come down to how many snaps and opportunities does he get to be on the field uh and take that away from the other two guys so I just don't know yet right now I, I feel like they can be better than last year but at the moment they're the same
3: all right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We are back next week. We'll have our final show before our little break, before training camp. Uh, till then, for Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
2: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
4: about this, Cowboys? Yeah!